0: so i have a lot of people nick on this podcast that come from different walks of life you and i are kind of walking down a similar road here that we've dug into this hero's journey monomyth yeah in a pretty big way and i think that's what i'd like to talk to you about is we both found it probably in different ways how you thought about writing this book what you think about the steps of the hero's journey, how it can help people transform. And I'm coming at, just so you know, Nick, I'm coming in from a marketing research standpoint. I picked up on some of these changes more from a commercial where I was watching human behavior start to change and how they were spending their money. Hmm. Uh, and that's really where, where I kind of saw it coming. And then it, I'm like, wow, people seem to be taking these journeys Spending more money on these journeys. So that that's kind of what drove uh, my interest in them. You know, I loved your book. First of all, it was a great book uh, as far as digging deep into the hero's journey. I think from a a quote standpoint, you know, I love books that have quotes from famous people. Your book has some of the best quotes out there that made the reading very interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I think one of the greatest things is whenever we talk about things, we're talking about a monomyth here. What is a monomyth? It sounds so abstract. It sounds like it's not grounded in reality. And if you get quotes from people who are respected, if you bring in these amazing ideas from other people, it really gives it this sense of universality that actually makes it seem like it's it actually makes sense that's what I think the hero's journey is all about and to get into what you were saying originally it's really powerful this hero's journey we really talk about it, it does seem like it's so abstract it's like heroes aren't really us they're they're just people who are in stories but the way that I sort of came about realizing how amazing and how important and how universal it is is I started Looking at this hero's journey, realizing that every single thing that has a sense of meaning goes through this progress of a hero's journey, and really, the hero's journey is all about meaning. So let me explain. I, the best way I like to explain it is through the the explanation of a deep conversation, and we're probably going to get through this. You're probably going to notice this as we go through this conversation. So the first step in the in the hero's journey, and the first step in a conversation, you start in the ordinary world. Think of a superhero. Let's say Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Is a hero and he starts out at home getting abused or let's go with Cinderella because it's a similar story. Getting abused, at mother, all these things that are going wrong with them. When we start our conversations, we usually start with small talk, right? We're grounded in our ordinary reality. And then what happens is something hits, something flicks a switch. And let's say we hit on a, a conversation that we both really like. And in Cinderella's case, she's going to a ball. She has this opportunity to really get out of her awful situation. And then in a conversation, you know you're going to see this there's going to be a point some point along there where you step out of this normal world this normal realm that we're normally in talking about sports and talking about the regular things that happen in our day and then we hit something that's really meaningful and that in the hero's journey is the step out of your ordinary world and into the unknown crossing the threshold you could say as, as part of the monomyth you know let's say we're talking about let's give it a Let's say we're talking about a, a movie that really hit or some principle that really hit. Then we're gonna keep diving deeper and deeper into those principles. And that's part of the trials and tribulations. You start to realize more about yourself and you start to try to break those barriers between talking about sports and talking about something that's really, really deep. And then you hit the final part, the, the part that's something so magical where you actually, along this deep conversation, and this is what Cinderella does when she, um, when she meets the fairy godmother, you find something deep about yourself you figure something out about yourself and whenever you're having a deep conversation hopefully you walk away from that conversation learning something that's what podcasts are all about you find something about yourself and the next step is you move into the transformation you actually experience this this sort of feeling of wow i'm actually going to this is actually going to have some sort of benefit on my life podcast is actually going to have some tangible benefit and then finally, at the end, you step back into your ordinary worlds where things are just normal. We, we leave this deeper sense of meaning and we move back into our normal reality. And hopefully, by the end of this podcast, by the end of Cinderella story, by the end of all of these things, you've gone through your hero's journey and you actually come out transformed.
0: What made you want to write this book or what was the how did you discover the hero's journey and putting this all together so the reason why i started writing this book was because me and my friends my family you know
1: i think everybody around me really struggles with that habit. bad habits we could talk about 72 percent of the adults over 20 in america are overweight are considered overweight. It's like, that is not an anomaly. That is not a blip. That is a mass scale problem in our country. We have smoking, we have, you know, spending so much time on social media, spending so much time on YouTube, spending so much time on video games, all these things really plague our society. So I wanted to find a way to really help these people. And what I realized is I spent all these times reading these habit books. I spent all these time reading The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, Atomic Habits by by James Clear, and all these other habit books. And as a psychology guy, I love them. I got to say they were, they were incredible and they helped me so much. But the only problem was they were psychology books that give you psychological studies. They give you, they give you research, they give you all these things. And the problem with that is that it's not engaging. It is so abstract for somebody who is just living their normal life to start reading essentially research studies. Yeah. So what I decided to do was I wanted to find a bridge between these valuable lessons that we really need to learn, right? The people who are trying to get, get rid of their bad habit, they need to look at habits in a new way. They need to change their perspective. But at the same time, it can't be through these psychological studies because they're too boring. They're too non-engaging. I found this hero's journey. You know, it's something that obviously is an innate part of us, and it's, it's been sitting on my mind for a while. And, and I realized that breaking a bad habit, just like everything, just like a conversation, just like, you know, the entire uh, concept that I just explained, everything is a hero's journey. Everything that's meaningful is a hero's journey. I said, I my entire book lies on the thesis that breaking your bad habits, overcoming all these flaws that we have and really growing yourself is a hero's journey. And we could be the hero of our own story. When did you first hear of Joseph Campbell and, and the whole idea of the hero's journey? He has a thing online, uh, uh, interview interviews with bill moyer it's called yeah. the, pa- the power of. Man. i've listened to those over and over again on audible something about it hooked me i can't say what it was but something about it hooked me and then i ended up reading his book here with a thousand faces which you know, essentially lays out the theory and the structure of the hero's journey and that just changed my entire perspective
0: yeah i think bill Moyers has done a great service out there in bringing that to tv because most people i talk to when they reference how they found joseph campbell was not through some kind of academic class but it was through that show and i also have listened to it on audible a million times and it is an interesting conversation in that i pick up different things almost every time i listen to it it's an amazing conversation it's powerful
1: it's powerful and it really really allows you to understand we were always so grounded in this reality you know most of my conversations that i've noticed in in my alcohol my previous like before i got into all this stuff we're so like very talk about the things that that go on in our daily lives and when i heard that conversation it it struck something meaningful the universal things that really when you look at your life at the end of your life those are the questions you'll be asking you won't be asking about the the new york giants won this weekend you'll be asking whether or not you loved whether or not you cherished the people around you and actually pursued something that was meaningful
0: What's been the reaction to the book by readers and you know I found it a great book to to read but what's been the reaction out there how what's uh, how how has your journey changed because of it
1: so I got to say, uh, one, one of the biggest the biggest problems that I've encountered in terms, of, in terms of marketing this book is that people actually, I struggle to communicate to them that this idea is bounded on reality. If you look at the title of the book, so the title of the book is called Break Your Bad Habits in 150 Pages, A Hero's Journey as the subtitle. It was on purpose that I added a contrast between there. Break your bad habits in 150 pages, up front, directly in your face. This is the concrete thing that's going to happen. And then Hero's Journey is the abstract. So it really shows that I'm going to be bridging the abstract and the, um, and the direct. People struggle with that. It's so difficult to convince somebody that superheroes, that a Disney story is going to actually somewhat apply to your life. And they actually look at it as too abstract. I cannot fault them on that. Because if you look at a superhero story, nobody looks at that and says, this is going to change my life. People look at this and say, it's a story. This, this book says, no,
0: no, you could actually do so much more than that. I even think real people's stories sometimes people don't necessarily tap into. I think the idea that Winston Churchill or other people that we have statues all over the world on dealt with the same anxieties and fear of change and went through some and- of these. I think we do a big disservice by building, not to them, it's great that we're honoring them, but to, make sh- to think that they are from another world or to think that the people that have done great things in their lives Are any different from you and I or anybody else, is almost like a paradigm that we have to snap out. Like the Disney story and what Joseph Campbell found, the reason it's called a monomyth is he found it in every culture, in every language, throughout time. It is an ordinary person stepping out of what they're comfortable with. All the stories that you talked about and the stories of people that we build statues are, are just ordinary people. Yeah,
1: I added this great quote in my book, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, you know, he's someone that's very highly respected today, Robert Downey Jr., him too, Um, Tony Robbins, I don't know if people know about him, he's a little little niche, but all these people, you watch them, you go on YouTube and watch them explain their life story, they definitely don't do it consciously, it would be so far-fetched to believe that they do it consciously, they explain their story in the Hero's Journey framework like step-by-step in the hero's journey framework with almost no blips, like they go through it, it exactly. And you realize that where they started, the place that they started, this ordinary world that they began in when they were 16, whatever, midlife crisis, 30 years old, they were exactly like you like us and it's you're right it's so difficult to look at somebody who is let's say dwayne the rock johnson who is just so massive and has done so many things and think that he's like us but when he was 16 years old he was getting arrested he was almost in jail he was a delinquent almost dropped out of high school like all these terrible things were happening to him and now we revere him as a god essentially you know this this figure who's above us and it's so difficult to see him as the 16 year old person instead of the person who he is now
0: met you know someone read William Shakespeare's first story that he wrote in high school and it probably wasn't that good yeah you know he probably so kind of said hey you can do better or you know he probably got a lot of negative feedback throughout life. And you just don't think of that you look at William Shakespeare or The Rock or some of these people and you don't see the story that and I think that's one of the complaints Michael Jordan has had about his life is he goes the misconception of his skill sets and his ability is it was all natural it wasn't that hard what we don't see is the hours that he put into the gym that sometimes makes for a good story it makes you know it's obviously the story behind the story many of these stories they want to hear of the of the car they bought when they arrived or you know what i mean it's it's almost uh, a focus on the rewards element of the hero's journey rather than the the real uh, tribulations of the hero's journey
1: that's the craziest part. I mean, you look at the structure of the hero's journey and, you know, we could, we could say, for Michael Jordan specifically, we could say he was, he was given, you know, the six, six frame, the tremendous leaping ability, like all these things, part of it was gifted. But at the same time, you know, he's also revered as the guy. Is a junior in high school, got uh, denied from his varsity team. And also, you look at someone like Kobe Bryant, I I see them as as almost the same exact person. When he was 12 years old, he went to go and play basketball at a a high-level tournament and scored zero points in three games. And then six years later, he ends up being the number one draft pick at a high school. And he had one great quote that really, you know, I I revere Kobe Bryant. Actually, Kobe Bryant is one of my heroes. And he had this great quote. He said, when you go in to the NBA – right? He was 18 years old going into the NBA. He believed that everybody worked as hard as he did. He believed that he was going to walk in there and it was going to be everybody with his quote Mamba mentality. Yeah. But he walked in there and he realized that it was just a job like everyone else's job, like the office job. He said that people work, they go in there like it's like, it's a nine to five. They don't go in there like they actually love it. And, um, and that that's one of the greatest one of the greatest stats that i've ever heard and this this goes directly towards it 92% of people who try to achieve a goal fail at that goal 92% of people the average you know today's today's january 1st today's new year's the average new year's re- resolution dies by january 12th yeah 12 days later 2 weeks later and that's the, that's the sad reality of it most people who try to achieve a goal and try to start on their dreams fail let's say 92 percent and that's why we have heroes when you really think about it that's why we have the kobe Bryants. that's why we have the michael jordans that's why we have the Dwayne the rock johnsons they're the people who everybody else wants to be because they're the ones who can dedicate and this goes back to um this goes back to the you know um nature or nurture or the uh is it given or is it is it, is it born or did you work for it? You know, 92% of people will fail and they look up to the other 8% because those are the people who worked hard, worked hard
0: to get it. Hey, you mentioned that you pivoted during this book. What was the pivot?
1: So I'll, I'll give you all my pivots. How about that? Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> Because there were a bunch, so I mean, my first book, uh, my first book idea was I, I read uh, Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life. Uh, I highly suggest people get into Jordan Peterson. I see him as jo- Joseph Campbell type character, but his his ideas are more grounded in reality. If you're interested in that, you know, he's a clinical psychologist. He's not as you know abstract. I read Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life. So my first idea for the book was saying uh, I want to do twelve more rules for life. Any sense of life guidance that I could give. And then I realized, I'm like, you know what? I need I need to niche this down, right? It's it's a little too uh, it's a little too much, right? Rules for life. That's a little too much for a 19 year old to take on. So I'm like, you know what? Too many people are struggling with the with these habits. It, it was essentially like an entrepreneur type idea. I see this problem going on in society and I want to be able to fix it. I want want to dedicate myself to fixing it. So I spent the next 12 months just doing rigorous research, just learning about the hero's journey, as well as the, as the psychological aspects behind it, and just trying to distill that into a framework that really works. But the hero's journey didn't come around until maybe six months later. So halfway through my journey, I wrote an entire book, about 250 pages in the first six months, and then I realized that, you know, it was essentially just another habits book. And I really didn't want it to be that. I just added all these psychological studies and I wasn't happy with it. Six months in, I had four months left to write. For four months, I had to write essentially an entire new book. So I had 40,000 words. I ended up cutting that down uh, to 5,000 words and then rebuilding again. And what I did was I took the lessons from the 40,000 words from the 250 pages in the original book and pivoted and essentially wrote out the enti- those entire principles in the hero's journey. And so those are my three pivots i ended up with a book that not only had the psychological principles from the first part but had the hero's journey from the second part
0: but it was a a journey unto itself there was a hero's journey experience writing the book and reframing it that way it's another thing that maybe people get lost in is that they they go on a journey and 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 oftentimes they don't pivot pivots are all part of those uh, tribulations that you go through signposts that kind of guide you different ways
1: well, that's, that's the best part. I mean, you know, you start, you start a book. You start any, any task, any goal, anything like that. And halfway through, you realize that you were ignorant. You realize that what you planned, what you, what you thought was going to be, you know, I thought this was going to be so easy. Just writing a book, just sit down and write the freaking book. Like, it's not that hard, Nick. And you just realize it's just not that simple. There's, it, You know, it's, it's just a roller coaster. There are so many things that go on when you're doing that. And you realize that when you made the original plan, you were ignorant beyond belief. You had no idea what it was going to be like going through this book. So um, so that if you don't pivot, right, if, if you're so ignorant or, or if your ego is so high that you decide to stick with the original plan, then you're not going to realize that you're learning along the way, right? You're learning more about yourself. You're learning more about the process and you're learning more more knowledge as you gain through, you know, go through writing a book specifically. So um, so, yeah, going through and trying to manipulate your processes and keep testing and keep, you know, growing throughout the process is
0: beyond important. In the whole idea of, of habit changing and better habits, where do you think the, the weaknesses are in the steps or, or the most challenging steps out there in, in that hero's journey uh, habit changing uh, process? There's
1: two, two sticking points that really kill. You know, the first sticking point is getting started most people you know the amount of people who who are living let's say anything you know living miserable lives or you know are struggling to stop you know quit and um yeah like just do anything really that's going to grow themselves they don't want to get started because they think it's going to be too hard you know there's this stigma especially for quitting smoking that um it's like cigarettes and jewels and all those that it's just too hard so you might as well just not try and that's just that just kills me. That just, that, that's a stake through the heart because you really can't, it's so difficult to help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. That is like, like my book is for the people who already want to be helped because you, you can't, like you physically can't, you can nudge someone in the right direction, but you you really can't. So I think that overall is the biggest sticking point. But the second biggest sticking point, once you get started in your journey, you end up hitting what Joseph Campbell calls the confrontation or the, it's when the hero Confronts the villain. It's when you know um, uh, Iron Man confronts Thanos. You know, yeah. uh, you know that final fight to the death, and that that happens with habits. You know, like you are. Um, I, I used in my book the example of um, the Karate Kid, right? When the Karate Kid fights uh, yeah. fights yeah. his bully, right, in in the final match, and, and for habits, what that is the January twelfth date. He said, right, the average New Year's resolution dies on January twelfth. And that's because you start off with so much energy. You're like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym for one hour a day. I'm only going to eat kale. I'm going perfectly disciplined throughout the entire time. And you have all this energy. You do push-ups on the floor right now. You're like, yes, yes, this is awesome. And then after a week, after two weeks, you realize that energy isn't sustainable. That energy dies out. And now you're left with less energy you still have to maintain the schedule that you had before. And that's where most people die out. That, that's where most people really fall to their weaknesses because for two weeks, for those two weeks that they started, they were excessively aware, right? Like they were given this tremendous energy and self-awareness. But after those two weeks, their awareness dies down because, you know, you start getting into routines, you start getting into this, um, you know, this unconscious territory where you're just, you know, you're just getting into the the motions, the, the new lifestyle that you're developing, yeah. and at that point, people fall back on their own on their old habits. That's where most people, when they when the energy was driving them, they were doing fine. But when but when it was the new habit versus the old habit, the old habit wins every time. So in my book, I give them uh, I give a nice framework. I give this nice confrontation chapter, or it's more of trials and tribulations. And what you do is you literally have to take this idea this this old habit you have and confront it rather than running away instead of taking your jewel or your cigarette and throwing in the toilet and saying i'm never going to see you again you take it you put it in front of your face you sit it on the table in front of you and you just stare at it for five minutes and you just resist the temptation right you're breaking your old habit not by just throwing it in the toilet by literally sitting there and confronting the jewel right confronting the cigarette and not and having it in front of your face where a hundred out of a hundred times in the past, you would have just grabbed that and put it up to your mouth. But this time, no, no, no. You are going to fight your bully. You're going to confront the villain and you are going to sit there and just stare at it and then walk away without smoking it. And and that idea, after you do that multiple times, that is that is such a psychologically supported method. And after you do that multiple times, not only are you, you know, working on creating a new habit, you're breaking the old habit as you're going along.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those are two really good points. Because so many people don't answer the first call, right? They they think the change is going to be so difficult, um, and and what other what other things go in people's minds? Like they don't want to fail at it. They don't want to try and fail, and, yeah. and or they don't want to uh, experience something that's very hard uh, because they see, they know it's going to be hard. And I, and I where I see it, Nick, happening a lot is that uh, we live in a very at least in in our world right now, for most people in the United States, not everyone obviously, but um, they live in extreme comfort, and yes. uh, and change change. I think you know we say change is hard, but I think change, and and that kind of rationalizes not changing. You know, because you kind of go, well, it's hard, but I think it's yeah. really it's really more uncomfortable, right? It's not like not um, not smoking or going to the gym. I mean it's not like you're being tortured i mean it's not really that hard but it's extremely uncomfortable (laughs) and i think those are two different worlds. you know like you're not being uh you're not being a beat on the head i mean it's not it's not uh something that's going to kill you or even threaten your life but it's going to be uncomfortable and i think we've that bar of i think you see it often that that bar of being uncomfortable have you ever been on a plane when they lose the wi-fi it's like, it's like a catastrophe, like the plane's going down, you know, <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, it's like, relax. And it, I think sometimes we're in this comfort world where um, anything uncomfortable, I mean, if you're, if you're giving up on something after 12 days, it's almost like you really even haven't answered the call. I mean, what kind of uncomfortable, what's the bar for discomfort that you haven't been able to do, you know, that someone hasn't been able to make a change for 11 or 12 days? That's, yeah. That's a, a pretty, pretty low bar,
1: right? For, I, th- I think you I, – I, I mean, I would agree. I would agree to a point. I mean, I think that um, – I would think, you know, it is. It's not like you are being tortured. But at the same time, the discomfort that, that you know, um, we could call them withdrawals. But just really yeah. – you know, oh, yeah. Like that idea is so powerful. And we really don't uh, understand it that much. Actually, I have, I have someone coming on my podcast this week. Um, it's called the Hero's Mindset, by, by the way. Um, the Hero's Mindset podcast this week, she's a neuroplasticity PhD. And neuroplasticity mm. talks about um, the rewiring of your brain. Yeah. So throughout this process, throughout any process of growth, not only are you feeling this, you know, this symptom, we'll say, of change, which is discomfort, your brain is literally rewiring itself. Not not like metaphorically, not like symbolically. It is physically changing in shape and changing in size. And um, it is old connections are dying. New connections are being formed. And that is a rigorous process. That is a rigorous, rigorous process. So your brain hates to be changed like that. Yeah. It really does, right? To go, yeah. to go through that and it will give you every single signal possible to be like, stop it. Stop it. You were doing well. You were sitting, enjoying your little pleasure, eating your chips on the couch, doing nothing, smoking your jewel. right? Like you were, you were doing fine. Why do you need to be changing? And that is what the discomfort is. So I do think that this discomfort is very, very real and it's very, very difficult to overcome. But at the same time, it, it can be overcome. I think, I think that's, that's the biggest lesson. I think if you push hard enough, if you really confront it, if you really you know, consciously go through this year's journey, then um, it's, it's the next step to go through it.
0: Right, and that's where you learn everything. It sounds to me from everything that people talk about that smoke, stop smoking cigarettes is one of the most difficult things I think a human could try and do. Uh, someone who's really been smoking for a while, I think it is a very hard thing to do. If someone was to get through that, they have a, I think they come through just like a hero's journey. They come through with a different perspective of who they are. It's unfortunate, but the difficulty is necessary in the process, right? You're not going to get a bigger bicep by sitting on the couch. You're getting a, you're going to get a bigger bicep by stressing that muscle and yep. lifting the barbell. There's no avoidance of that. So you're going to in whatever transformation you want to make, whether it's making a bigger bicep or giving up cigarettes, you're going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to have to almost get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So you're stepping into that very uncomfortable world of uncertainty. And I think that is something that, to your point, where people just don't even want to venture. I think Joseph Campbell said overwhelming majority. He didn't put a number to it, but he said most don't even step into the journey. Like We just don't. We just don't even do it. And I think you can make an argument that someone who gives up after 12 days maybe hasn't made an earnest step into the journey. Have they really kind of yeah. mentally gone through this and really said, okay, you're right. It's, it's It was a momentum thing. And then when at the first sign of discomfort or when they lost that momentum, it all goes away. There was
1: a great quote that Joseph Campbell put in his Heroes with a Thousand Faces, where he describes the hero's journey. He talks about that exact idea. He said, and I, I really want people to consider this because I found this to be true in my own life in terms of my own habits, and I've seen this to be true in other people, but you know, it, it sounds ridiculous on its face. He says, There, you know, originally you received this call to adventure, this idea to um to grow yourself, but most people refuse, just like you said, most people yeah. give up, you know, don't even get started. And he says, When people do this, right? When people deny growth, when people stop, um, stop, grow and go on these hero's journeys and really change their lives, they spend their entire life destroying their own self just so they could have something to work on, right? So for example, I could say I'm going to start meditating, right? Or whatever, right? I'm going to start meditating and I'm, or let's say I'm going to write a book, right? I'm going to go and write a book and this is going to be such a hard task to do. So I'm going to have to get my habits right. I'm going to have to get my mind right. I'm going to have to start reading. I'm going to have to do all these things along the path. But let's say you don't say you have to write a book. Let's say you just have no goals. What he says is that what you end up doing is you need something to work on, right? Even though you don't have a goal, your brain is really going to have a goal. You're going to have something that you really need to work on. So you're going to take your habits, you're going to take your eating habits, and you're going to say, not, not, consciously but you know unconsciously you're gonna destroy your habit you're gonna purpose your brain is gonna say all right i'm bored right now let's relapse on this habit so i can spend the next month really trying to fix this habit right but then what happens is you fix the habit or you don't but most likely or we'll say you do fix the habit and then what happens is you destroy it again you fall off again because your brain is looking for something to do some excitement and you just keep, you just keep going in this endless cycle of fixing it, but you never actually fix it because you're not growing. You're just, you know, you're just re-fixing your own self.
0: Yeah. Cause you're never really stepping into it. Exactly. Well, that's why,
1: you know, uncertainty and, and that's, that's the, that's the saddest part about it is if you never accept growth by relapsing in your own, like, let's say habit, for example, then what you're doing is you're, you're living in a certain world. You've you've done this before. you fixed this old habit. You know how to fix it again, right? And you're like, all right, this is fine. But you're not living in uncertainty, right? Uncertainty is starting a new project. It's starting a, you know, starting a new um, idea, right? Or running with a new career or doing, you know, um, growing yourself in a certain way. And if people decide not to do that, which most people don't do because they're so afraid of uncertainty that it ends up being catastrophic.
0: Yeah, I think he was saying that uh, people that don't go after it, um, at least in the Bill Moyers, I'm paraphrasing, but I think he said they're, you're destined for some kind of psychotic break because yeah. uh, you're, you know, you're at, you're at uh, battle with yourself the rest of your life for not doing those things. And well, that's, that's,
1: that's, the most, that's the most important part. And it goes back to the hero's journey economy. And that, that's why I really love your idea. If you don't have a hero's journey, if you don't have a goal to strive for, if you deny your, your goal, your purpose, what happens is you don't have meaning. You don't have this essential drive, this, this purpose that is pushing you forward. One of my favorite books is Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, He talks about this, where he says that most people nowadays, now that we don't have, you know, we're not very religious as a culture, and we don't rely on stories, we just sort of live in our, um, we live a life without meaning, when we do something like that, we are constantly experiencing these types of psychological breakdowns and neuroses, mental breakdowns, because we are, our brain is like, we need, I need something. I need something to base myself on. I need something to strive for. And getting back to the hero journey economy, that's exactly what the result of that is. People are buying products that are meaningful exercise bikes. They're buying a Fitbit, like they're buying all these products that are uh, meditation apps. They're buying all these things that are related
0: to meaning because they feel no sense of meaning in their own life. I interviewed a Yale professor, and he wrote a book called The Hidden Habits of Genius, Craig Wright. He studied all these geniuses throughout time. And I said, what commonality did they have? Because they all came from different walks of life. And he, one of the things he said is, many of these people like Steve Jobs or Thomas Edison or, or some of the people that we would distinguish as geniuses, even someone like Winston Churchill, they had no other option. He said they had to do what they had to do. Two, some of it got carried away. Right, some of those people are aren't maybe considered uh, well-rounded individuals in the in the full light of day. Feeling he had was they had no other option; they were going to do this, and it was and failure wasn't an option. If we were able to take a little bit of that into our own life, I have to do this rather than maybe I should. I should quit smoking. It's like okay, it's happening, and it's, uh, it's it was an interesting perspective that they had. He felt they had no other options. That these people, if they didn't attain some of these goals, they would have maybe gone crazy or, or had a very different life.
1: I'll, I'll add one, even one more to you. Actually, George Washington. George Washington, he said, there, there was a uh, biography written on him. And the, the biographer said, there is nobody who wanted less to be president than George Washington <laughs> in the 1770s. The thing was, he felt a responsibility to his country. Everybody picked him, they're like George Washington, you're gonna do it, you just lead the Continental Army and you are going to do it. We're not giving you another option. That's the idea of, um, of burning your boats if, everybody's, if anybody's ever heard of that. It's a beautiful idea. Because actually let me give you a real life example of, um, of something that's a little bit smaller you know like we, again, like we talk about all these heroes, but you know bring it bring it down to reality something that's really great. There was a um, there was a great story that Tony Robbins talked about. There was this you know 40 50 year old man who was quitting uh, who, was, who was trying to quit smoking and he was really just struggling, just really really you know like just most people just really struggling to quit smoking. And this man's wife he brought in, he told his five-year-old daughter to do a little to do a little act the five-year-old daughter walks into the dad's office and sits on his, you know, like touches his hand and sort of like sits on his lap and says, Daddy, I want you to be at my wedding. Tears streaming down her face. Stop killing yourself. He said after that day, he never, he never touched a cigarette again. And that idea of being responsible to something, you know, having that sense of deep meaning, he was responsible for his daughter. He had to do that. He had some sense of meaning that was driving him to quit smoking, not just quitting smoking itself. And, um, That, that idea
0: really made the difference. There was a vision there out in the future, either good or bad consequence of his, of his habit.
1: Well, that's, that's what I I put that in my book. I say, listen, you know, it is not your luxury. It is not an option for you to quit your habit. It is your obligation. It is your responsibility because you must, you, it is something that you must do. It is not something that you can't do because it is an existential problem. You must do this thing and it will lead you to a better life. And you know it i know it you just got to be able to make it an obligation instead of an option
0: what was your big learning from this from running this book was there, was there any big takeaway from for you knowing that you're it was a very difficult topic uh, the whole idea yeah. of people changing habits
1: i think that the greatest lesson that i've learned i would say has to relate to actually Todd, you know it, it's funny because we are we're operating on the same platform and you know we're or the same plane, and we're gonna we're gonna have similar lessons here. And I'm sure you agree with this. Meaning is the ultimate thing to strive towards. If you're if you're struggling with anything, the answer is always two things. It's always meaning, and it's always consciousness. It's always um, by consciousness, I mean becoming self aware. You know, most, I, I believe that most of us live our lives unconscious. Most people live, live our lives following the thing that's put in front of us. So, for example, if I placed a, a plate of cookies in front of you, most people would take the cookies, right? Yeah. And it's not, yep. because, it's not because we are awful creatures or anything like that. And it's not because we think cookies are good for us. We know cookies are not healthy for us. It's just because we are living, we are following our unconscious patterns. We are not conscious enough to say, no, 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 no let me be strong. I don't want these cookies. Cookies are bad for me, right? And by putting those two together, by putting together, let me be conscious. Let me override my unconscious patterns. Why? Because meaning, because this thing that I will do will actually bring, denying this cookies won't only bring me, you know, some decent thing, something that's not going to make me feel that it's going to make my life better in ways that I cannot even imagine. And by putting those two together, by describing how meaningful it is to deny that cookie, that is what, what makes all the difference. That's the thing that I've learned.
0: That's great. Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast. What I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, is keep this window open or this door open. I, you know, we're, we're attacking this topic from two different perspectives, but I think there's a lot of cross-learning. You know, my podcast listeners can, can gain from what you're seeing out there as, because the but really the the hero's journey is the roadmap for transformation and change. And I think yep. that's, that's why it's out there is it's a it's the rule book or some kind of guidepost for how people can make changes in their life. That's why it's out there in, in so many of these stories and mythical tales. So thank you so much for being part of this. I'd love to have you back on. Yeah, sure. I'd
1: love to. Definitely, definitely keep in touch. You have my email. You have all this stuff. And yeah, I, I, really, I really love what you're doing. You know, I gotta say, I, I'm really... Um, when, when I got your, when I got your, um, LinkedIn message, I was just so, I was so overwhelmed, like, wow, this is, this is really great that, um, that I'm not the only one in here, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of people I've talked to that said, you know what, you're, you're totally wrong. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I think if, if you're ever kind of saying, Hey, this is what might happen in the future. There's a lot of people who have been wrong about that. And I totally admit I could be, but I'm just seeing some trends out there. A lot of different data points that point to a certain, um, uh, direction that this is headed so we'll yeah it.
1: and it's crazy that you put it in the framework of the hero's journey when i saw
0: that i was like wow that
1: is that is cool that is
0: really cool it's like i i should i should definitely come on this man's podcast well appreciate you making the time thanks a lot for the book you know i think your book is one of those books i'm going to read you know on a on a on a regular basis because mm-hmm. it's it 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 reinforces a lot of things out there it's an easy read it's quick read but i definitely yeah. recommend it for people out there Uh, There's a lot of elements of the hero's journey that come true, and and uh, like I said, the quotes and and the stories out there are just great. So thanks for thanks for putting that out in the universe. It's a it's a great ad. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being part of the podcast.
1: Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. You take care, Mike. It's really great. Thanks. Bye. Bye.